Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth Presents Skyline. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Skyline Podcast by Two Scoobies. Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Anymore. This is the premier Eric Balfour fan cast. <laughs> yes! Jesse, I mean, of all the things in this movie, you weren't the worst. <laughs> all right, Michaela, it has been a day since we recorded last. I think this is three weeks after we finished the series. I don't know how to do this anymore. Right? Yeah. I have forgotten entirely. Now let's let's frame this. What are we doing here? What have we done with our time? What have we done with our time? We thought to ourselves, what separates us from other Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcasts? And clearly, it's our love of Jesse, a character who was on this show for two episodes and didn't really make the same impact on everyone else that it did on mostly you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. I sort of fell in love. It's true. <laughs> So then we thought to ourselves, how can we celebrate Jesse and all his Jesse-ness? By looking up the actor Eric Balfour and finding what has he starred in, you know? Not just like what is he a bit part in, but what has he starred in? And it turns out probably the most notable thing is the 2010 <laughs> sci-fi action thriller movie? <laughs> the sci- That's a great- 2010 Feature-length film, clocking in at 93 entire minutes, if you count the credits, Skyline. Now, I would love to read you the Google Play synopsis of Skyline. Please do. Part of it's going to infuriate you, so here we go. It was supposed to be a simple birthday weekend in Southern California, but when sunrise arrives, two hours early, in the form of a haunting light from an unknown source, a group of friends watch in terror as people across the city are drawn outside and swept into massive alien ships that have blotted out the LA skyline. From tankers to drones and hydra-like extraterrestrials, the aliens are inescapable and seemingly indestructible. Now, it will take every survival instinct the group has to elude capture in this riveting, action-packed sci-fi adventure starring Eric Balfour, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Donald Faison, Scrubs, Uh and Scotty Thompson, Star Trek. What? So, first of all, they're saying that Eric Balfour is best known for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Incorrect. Incorrect. I mean, Skyline and Buffy, clearly. (laughs) So, Scotty Thompson has to be his girlfriend, right? I guess so. Who was she in Star Trek? Oh, (laughs) she also had a small part in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie. As Nero's wife. I don't know who Nero was. He's the bad guy? Oh, oh, she's a hologram? Isn't that how she appears? Because she's dead. (laughs) Now, now that I'm on this woman's IMDb page, she's doing great, honestly. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff, it looks like. She's got 18 episodes of NCIS up in here. Uh, CSI New York. Seven episodes of the TV series 12 Monkeys. Sure. So yeah, she she's fine, you know? Well, she's fine. Where's Angel? And not, guys, before you get too excited, David Boreanaz <laughs> okay, right. does not appear in this movie. However, <laughs> we'll still be talking about Angel a lot because whatever his name is from Dexter, who plays, I believe, Angel Bautista is the character's name. 
features sure is. heavily in this movie. Right. And he, for some reason, isn't like the top among the top listed actors on this, I guess which maybe three, just means that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. The girlfriend's in a lot of it. And Donald Faison, who obviously plays Turk on Scrubs, he's in a bunch of it. And he's David the star Zayas, power? I guess. Yeah, he's the star power. So, Michaela, what the fuck is Skyline about? It's <laughs> a great question. Skyline is about some aliens showing up, being unkillable, mm-hmm. and then winning. Yeah, you know? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's, it's like... It's really easy for us to summarize. It defies summarization in a lot of ways, this movie. It's bonkers in its structure because, I don't know, I'm trying to summarize it and I'm like, Eric Balfour and his girlfriend go to Donald Faison. Turk is what I've called him. Turk's party. And Turk and Eric Balfour used to be in some sort of crew together, but it's (laughs) it's not clear what art they made. But they were... It's so unclear. They're they're in some sort of crew, or they were, and now Turk's really famous, and he wants Eric Balfour to be famous, but none of that matters because aliens show up, so the first 20 minutes, throw it out the window entirely, and then it's about them trying to get to a yacht to escape... aliens who can fly but never actually going near the marina yeah it's a yacht we never see and their logic is that the aliens their ships have not appeared over the water and you're like yeah that's because they're here to abduct people and there are no people there it doesn't mean that they can't fly over the water right yeah and yeah then you know angel shows up and they're surviving and a bunch of people are dying they're getting picked off one by one the aliens as you said are unkillable the government nukes them and it doesn't kill them aliens or the the humans and then (laughs) they fight them a bit more and then they're on the roof and they're almost rescued by a helicopter again from flying aliens a helicopter is supposed to help and then they the helicopter crashes and then eric balfour and his girlfriend get sucked up into the alien ship and that's about the end of the movie there's a twist right at the end oh yeah because eric balfour's girlfriend is pregnant and it's like oh you know they're gonna use her as some sort of i don't know they're gonna take the baby or make a bunch more alien babies or something and eric balfour's brain gets taken because that's their like universal power source is human brains which is like it seems like the aliens have shown up already possessing many brains because when they manage to do enough damage to one the old brain just sort of pops out and they like grab a new brain from someone close by or someone that they've like sucked up into themselves so these biomechanical aliens have (laughs) brain receptacles built into them Brain receptacles that seem to also act as, like, a battery cell area? Because the power seems to come from the brains. Like, they're still able to function when they're damaged. And when they get a new brain, it, like, repairs them. Right. So then Eric (laughs) Balfour's brain gets taken out. But his brain is special because he's Eric Balfour? Or because he's seen the blue light before? But everyone's seen the blue light before. No, no, no. I actually have a theory about that. Okay. why his brain is special 
This is so confusing for anyone who's ever seen this movie. No, no, no. Then we can wait or we can give the correct context, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's not confuse everyone because no one's fucking seen Skyline. Don't watch it. There's... Wait, I mean, I only spent $4, but I do not wish it on anyone. Anyway, okay, so... his brain is special. <laughs> I'm just going to wrap this up real quick because it's special. It's red where all the other brains are blue for some reason. Yeah. And then it gets put in an alien body and then Eric Balfour is back and he... Face waterfalls. Oh man. Oh god. We've got so much to talk about. <sighs> so hyped about that. Okay. <laughs> he he's like, oh, um, my girlfriend. I don't know what your name is, but it's still me in this alien body. And then he's just about to kick some alien butt, and the the movie ends. Okay. So some context for this movie. It cost somewhere between ten and twenty million dollars to make. Right. Five hundred thousand of those dollars went to filming the movie. And then somewhere between 10 and 20 million of those dollars went to the special effects. Now, okay, in filming the movie, we're not talking about the actors' salaries, right? I don't think so. You can't be. Like, we're talking about, I mean, they have very few locations. Right. We never see the yacht. It, we're talking about, like, the camera rentals, the whole yeah. crew that is there. Catering is very it's expensive. Like, literally... Everything that you have to do to film the movie, anything that is not like the CG budget, right. which is a very small amount of money and why they basically go back to the same location so many times. But it's funny because before we watched this, we read a lot of reviews that kept saying, you know, CGI is really good. And we're like, ah, oh, 2010, it's going to be garbage. Honestly? No, it's good. It's pretty good. That's yeah, fine. It's not bad. Like, the aliens, um, they're a little similar in Derivative? some cases. <laughs> yeah. To the design of other things. But they don't look stupid. And, like, they're pretty believable, honestly. Sure, the aliens look good. And that, I think, just highlights how incompetently the rest of this film is made. Because, yeah, when you've got, what, 20 times the budget of your actual filming for your special effects, turns out that your filming sort of suffers. And you alluded to them going back to the same place again and again. Most of this film takes place in the apartment of one of the writers slash directors, one of the brothers <gasps> Strauss. Okay, so then they're like, this is free. We'll just use this. It is a free set as long as you don't damage too many things which is why the set remains mostly intact despite this yeah. being an alien invasion this apartment fares very well i think there's an explosion at some point well that's when angel dies he blows it up but like right. that's that's coming in through the window which is all special effects that's not actually that's in true the apartment. no that's real yeah yeah so yeah oh boy like they start out in the apartment. They see these blue lights. They're like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Eric Balfour, our hero, my boy Eric, gets a little bit raptured. He like starts walking towards this thing. And yeah, all of the alien stuff gets inside him. I don't know. He's, he's chilling out. They manage to stop him from walking out on the balcony and getting raptured. And they leave the apartment to go to the yacht. When that doesn't work, they go right back up to the apartment. Like 90% of the film is in here. They go up to the roof. That doesn't work great. Back to the apartment. Back yeah, to the apartment. The doesn't work great. Back to the apartment. It's always just, let's go back to the apartment. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we open the movie with these blue lights falling into the city. Jesse's being hypnotized by one. And then we cut to 15 hours earlier. Oh, my God. <sighs> 
Now, yeah. this is the most useless <laughs> mise-en-scene bullshit I've ever seen. So 15 hours earlier, what do we get out of these 15 hours? We get some setup. You know, Eric Balfour's on a flight. His girlfriend's late. He, Eric Balfour is actually shown doing a bunch of just like vaguely nice things. Like helping a lady with a baby get her bag down out of the oh, overhead. True. Yeah, this is this is the everyman. He's just a nice guy. You know, we're supposed to like him, I guess, is all this is about. Yeah, it's like really, really over the top. Like, oh, this is a great guy. What a hero. And like, oh, he has a brief moment of panic when he finds out that his girlfriend is pregnant. Uh, but that's fine. You know, we've seen all these other things that make it clear that he's amazing. He reacts really badly when he finds out his girlfriend is pregnant. Yeah, trouble in paradise to no small extent. It's, it's a very bad reaction. But right, so they're they're sitting on the plane. He's thumbing through this book of drawings. <laughs> what sort him of artist is did. he? Like they look sort of like graffiti, but they're drawn in a in a book. <laughs> I think. And he's reminiscing about the old days when they used to do something together. <laughs> it's so completely unclear what their calling is. Uh, but it requires them to be out in LA where all of the magic is happening. Like whatever Turk is up to, he is crushing it. He's got his Ferrari. He's got his penthouse apartment. He's got his girlfriend. You know, he's got his side piece, apparently. Who works for him as his assistant. Mm. So, you know, that's definite. I mean, does that even really matter? No. No. None of <laughs> no. the character things in this matter at all, which is great. <laughs> Right. You know, it's Turk's birthday, so he's invited Jesse. Uh, these are the only names I'm using, sure. by the way. He's invited Jesse to come visit him in LA, and it's going to be a great time. That's that's basically the point of this 15 hours earlier. 15 like, hours! <laughs> why is there a flashback at all, if that's all we get? Like, why start the movie with the blue lights? We came here for a movie called Skyline with the tagline, Don't yeah. Look Up. We expect there will be... There's a fucking alien spaceship on the poster. We know there's aliens. You don't have to show us in the first minute for us to be interested. I, I mean, nothing's going to make us interested, but still, the point stands. And I suppose we also learned that Turk has ulterior motives for inviting Jesse here. He really needs him to come out to LA. I think at one point I heard him say, you have an, a great eye. <laughs> Sure. There's some implication that Turk got where he is because of Jesse. And then Jesse is like, oh, all I did was pick out the wallpaper. And just at no point am I, do I have any idea what's happening. Like, what? What does that? What does any of this mean? No one knows. Jesse at some point picks up a, a camera when Turk finds a gun and they're going to go up to the roof and investigate what's going on. And you're like, yeah. do you use a camera in your art? No. Whatever your art is, it's not made clear. And the camera is basically useless. Right? Because like he's got the camera and it's a pretty fancy camera for 2010. Because like people have flip phones, you know? <laughs> uh, one person <laughs> has a very 2010 smartphone with like a rolly ball interface oh, rather man. than like... Oh, it's so bad. Just so gorgeous. Oh. Mm. Love it so much. All of Turk's blinds are controlled by this tablet in his apartment. Oh, and he has this telescope oh. 
that is connected to his TV that is really used a lot. And I just kept thinking, like, one of the people who made this movie must have owned this I mean, it was in the apartment already, right? And they just didn't want to fucking move it. (laughs) This actually brings me onto a completely different point. I don't know if you are going somewhere with all of this, but I want to interrupt. No! Okay, why did this movie get made? Who, like, <laughs> honestly, what was the purpose? Because it, I, as far as I can tell, it is purely a money-making endeavor. According to the Wikipedia mm-hmm. page, so the two guys that made this movie, the, the brothers Strauss, as we call them, they're, like, they're visual effects guys. Right. That's actually what they do, right? And so there was legal action from Sony <laughs> because of this movie. Yes. <laughs> and I think that this is what was happening, is like, so, yeah, Sony paid them to make a bunch of visual effects for the movie Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> but they never told Sony that they were directing a rival alien invasion feature that was similarly driven by visual effects. And also set in L.A. And came out four months before Sony's did. <laughs> So I really feel like that's why this movie got made. So was it, it's just a money-making endeavor then. And it's like, they are working on this movie for Sony. And they're like, oh, we could do this as well. And then beat Sony to the punch. Is that what it is? Maybe. But then at the same time, there's a sequel to this movie. (laughs) Oh, oh, let's get into that. Skyline (laughs) does not stand alone. There is a sequel that came out in 2017, seven years later, called Beyond Skyline. Even better, there is a trequel in the works (laughs) called Skylines in the, like, aliens vein. Those douchebags. Why Why two of these films? The first one didn't have a story. The second one story is almost completely separate. It barely features Jesse, and he's not even in it because it's his brain in an alien body. I. It's a great question. I mean, the idea that they wanted to make a second movie badly enough that they fought for it for seven years really makes me feel like it's a passion project of theirs. Like maybe they wanted to create these aliens and like do the visual effects for them and then they just needed a vehicle for that. I have read that they planned this to be a five-part series. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Because like the reason I don't think this is a passion project is because it's devoid of passion. Except that these are visual effects people. So maybe the passion is for the VFX, in which case they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the first one is technically a hit (laughs) because it cost 10 to 20 million and made 80 million dollars. Oh God, that was a question that I had that I had not actually looked up. It, how did it make 80 million dollars? People. Like that's the worldwide box office, but that's still a lot. Read fucking reviews once in a while before you go see a movie. What does this have on Rotten Tomatoes, Michaela? On uh, IMDb, it's got a 5.8, is that right? 5.8 out of 10, which is, I think one of the more generous ratings it gets. Oh, I'm a liar. It's a 4.4. 4.4 is still much better. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 16%. Yeah, 16%. So a 4.4 out of 10 is amazing. 16% is what this movie generally deserves. Through no fault of Eric Balfour's. The audience score is 18%, which... Oh, yeah, it's not well liked by anyone. very poorly, like very poor for an audience score, which is, it tends to be higher 
than the critic score for like a movie like this that is just I mean I don't even want to call it a popcorn movie I don't know what to call this movie (laughs) (laughs) it defies categorization in basically every way a couple more things that I like about this movie it came out in 2010 yeah which uh, call we called it derivative before yeah. and that's generous because <laughs> it's mostly a rip off of other things one of the strongest is district 9 mm. which came out in 2009 the year before yeah. so to think that that story of an a human getting infected with something alien and becoming one of them did not affect the outcome of this movie is insane that's like so true Obviously it did. That That's the reason that this movie happens to end this way. Yeah. Cloverfield, which is big city getting destroyed by monster, 2008. So they were like, oh, we can do the Cloverfield thing. And they do the Cloverfield thing a lot. Yeah, the design of the smallest alien type is very much the squid things from the Matrix that hunt you yep. down after you've yeah. escaped. It's so similar looking to those. And incredibly, I think our very favorite thing that this movie has stolen from another movie. We've talked a lot about face off on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'd argue not enough. (laughs) That's maybe true. So for those of you who don't know, one of our favorite things from the movie face off is that John Travolta's family has this this thing they do where they run their hand down their each other's entire faces as like a, a sign of endearment, I suppose. <laughs> and it is used yeah. in the movie for Nicolas Cage, after he has switched faces with John Travolta, <laughs> to convince John Travolta's wife that it is in fact him. <laughs> <laughs> it just it comes up so many more times than you'd expect and it comes up right at the end oh where yep. they adopt this child this recently orphaned child and yep. then the sister face waterfalls him to welcome him to the family <laughs> so several times in this movie eric balfour did a version of this i would say <laughs> to his girlfriend where he took his middle finger and ran it down the center of her face and down her nose. Oh my God. And why do you do this? You do this because at some point you will have to express that this is the same person, but they will not be able to speak. And yes, indeed, he's put into an alien body and shows his girlfriend that it's him by running his giant alien hand down her face. The look of pure joy on your face when you realized what was about to happen was just, oh, it was beautiful, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, this movie's not really bringing anything new to the table. It doesn't really have anything to say. (laughs) And what it does say, it says poorly. Let's segue right into my point about the role of masculinity in this movie Mm. because our main cast on first blush is remarkably evenly split we've got jesse turk and angel as the three main guys yeah and we've got eric balfour's girlfriend turk's girlfriend and turk's mistress slash assistant as the three main girls and this is like a six-part crew that functions kind of together for a fair bit of this movie or like you know some of them die and get replaced whatever these are the six main people yeah now you may know from my description there (laughs) that the women are not particularly particularly well treated in this arrangement no 
that's that's an understatement, I would say. Yeah. They're basically given no sway on the decision making whatsoever. They are panicked. They need to be rescued frequently. Yeah, that's true. Uh, technically, Jesse's girlfriend does rescue them off the roof. Jesse's girlfriend comes off the yeah. best of anyone by far. That's true. I mean, the others are there to, yeah, be temptresses and then die? Turk's girlfriend is initially mean and then gets to be sad after she finds out about the affair. And the assistant is just there for Turk to have an affair with, which, again, has no bearing on anything. Oh, no, no, no. She gets stomped when Turk and her try to flee in a car to the marina with the aforementioned and much talked about yacht. Guys, yeah. we can't, Ugh. we cannot stress how much this yacht <laughs> is talked up and how little a yacht appears in the movie because the word yacht is cheap. An actual yacht is expensive. <laughs> Just so many times, it never even occurred to me that we would never see that yacht. You know? <laughs> Like, they brought the yacht up before the aliens were even there. Turk oh, was yeah. like, oh man, like tomorrow we're going to go out on my yacht. It's many feet long. I'm very rich. Yacht, yacht, yacht. And you're like, okay, so the yacht's going to be important to this movie. No. no. And honestly, when they are trying to escape to the marina, they take two cars, right? Yep. There's five of them. Like, because <laughs> at that point, yes. they're not with but Angel the- yet. <laughs> The girlfriend doesn't want to drive with Turk and his mistress, <laughs> so they can't fit them? They would have to be too squished together and it'd be awkward? I don't know, man. And, like, Turk and his mistress try to flee in a convertible, which, if there are, again, flying aliens, is the last thing I want to use. Oh, my God. So, we've talked a little bit about this. Can we talk more about Angel's character? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can. Angel from Dexter plays a man named Oliver, I think, in the script. Who's never named in the movie. I don't believe so. His name is never mentioned. Now, does, does he have a character? He's like the superintendent of the building who shows up once before the apocalypse and then somehow is very competent during the apocalypse? Yeah, he shows up to ask them to keep it down because they're partying too much. And then when they're trying to escape, when they're in the uh, parking garage, he shows up. Yeah. And and he's the one that's like, no, we need to go back to the penthouse. (laughs) Ah, yes. Right, his character... Tells them to go back to the penthouse. The <laughs> wonderful set that they don't have to pay to use. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. And yeah, he dies in that penthouse. You know, he, he sure goes does. up there. That's his last stand. He doesn't really have a character. I thought he would turn out to be like some sort of secret agent. There's a weird shot early in the movie of a couple helicopters flying overhead. And Turk's like, oh, it's Homeland Security. And not being from the States and not like seeing helicopters on the regs uh, is is this normal is, or because I thought that was foreshadowing I was like oh homeland security will show up or the military will be important the military is not important they show up and they are in the background and their jets blow up in the dozens maybe hundreds well how do helicopters work like if they already had rented helicopters for a different <laughs> shot oh I see <laughs> Like, do you just then have them for a while so you might as well just use them? Oh, interesting. But there are two helicopters. Why would they have two? I I don't don't know. know. (laughs) 
One is none. Mm. Maybe, oh, maybe it was the same helicopter digitally copied. Oh, that's almost certainly true. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely believe that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Anyway, helicopters, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe Angel is secretly an agent of some government agency. No, he's a superintendent who smashes an alien with a car, then decides that they should be in the penthouse for the rest of time, stays there and blows himself up to not actually kill an alien because as far as we see, none of them ever die. And he really acts like he thinks this, you know, filling the room with natural gas and lighting a a lighter is going to kill the alien. And he's seen one be nuked and not die. (laughs) That was a mothership. Uh, It's not the same type of alien. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it does not does not make a lot of sense. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, there's just, like, a random scene somewhere in here where we see, like, La Resistance fighting back against the aliens in this SUV chase through the city streets, but we see it through the telescope. Right? So, like, I forgot about that! It's just pointless special effects. I don't know, I'm, I'm flipping through my notes trying to find anything that we haven't really talked about and need to. It's just, a, it's a very silly movie, guys. Like, I was really hoping something was gonna happen where, like, Turk was taken over by the aliens and then Jesse had no chance choice but to kill him you know There's a lot of good character things that could happen or i mean jesse is for some reason implanted with some alien stuff why yeah. doesn't he turn more into an alien and then yeah turk or his girlfriend someone has to make a decision well, at one point, so, you know, he's been infected by the alien thing. So at one point, there's this, like, spar on his chest that's all black and gross. Yeah. And then there's, like, a weird rectangle on his side. Well, Angel at one point is like, you think we haven't noticed that black shit under your shirt? And I'm like, I, yeah, because there's no way for you to have noticed it. But yeah, no, it's a good point. Why is that there? And we don't know. We never find out. Because, I don't know, it's not like he's the only one who looked at the blue light and managed to resist it because like, i don't think that's the reason that his brain is red oh uh, let's talk about why his brain is red i okay. think we've got enough context now okay so here's my theory yes in this movie jesse learns that his girlfriend is pregnant and reacts poorly uh-huh. but then they take his brain and his pregnant girlfriend who before he wanted kind of nothing to do with right because if he learned about her pregnancy uh-huh. but now he's realized the value of their relationship and wants to protect her and his unborn child it's and the power that's of why love? that's why his brain is red that makes so much sense that's why it's red oh because love is red i've cracked it that's a surprisingly plausible theory <laughs> Uh, it could be it. I don't know. I love that we it's have to read into one. it. Because, yeah, we're never told. Fuck, the, the fucking movie's never telling us. It's like there's no one to tell us. No one can learn anything about the aliens because they're unkillable. So you can't, like, kill one and study it. You think you've killed one? Like, one of the smaller ones gets hit with a car and yeah. it seems dead? It's not. It's not. I. It's actually potentially true that Jesse kills one. He smacks it a bunch with a cinder block and then with his bare hands beats it to death? Maybe. Maybe. Again, we don't actually... S- know that it was dead and from all other indications that we have it must not have been and dead, that's a right? weird moment too where you're like what is this supposed to be telling me <laughs> 
Like, like him beating it up with his hands specifically? Why? It makes so much more sense that this movie is a VFX passion project than like anything else. And that actually yeah. makes it tie together for me much more. Because I followed like VFX YouTubers. I yeah. And I've seen the work that they do. And usually they'll have like a three minute short video and there's one joke in it. And it's the punchline. Like that's the point of the video. But right. the rest of it's just VFX. And yeah, that gives me such better context for understanding the the entire point of this. But then why does anyone go see it? The VFX are not that good. They're just pretty good. It's like the the two VFX guys are like, look at these cool things we've created. We just need to hire somebody to write us a story that explains why they're here. And but then they wrote the story. <laughs> Did, did they? I think so. Didn't they? Let's go back to Wikipedia. Oh no, produced and directed by. Oh. It's <laughs> this not is like, written This is what I'm saying. Them. They didn't write it. They just hired someone to write them a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What do you think that meeting is like? Because... <laughs> They have several things, right? They're the producers. They're the ideators here. And they're like, okay, we have approximately one and a half sets. So you need to work around that. Uh, what else? What other restrictions? We need a lot of shots out of windows at things. <laughs> True. Uh, and maybe that's the whole purpose of that weird, like, chase scene. Yeah. It's like, we, so we need something different to happen. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, yeah, like, what What do you even tell that person? What do you have to go on? We want to make an alien movie that happens mostly in one apartment? It seems weird to be like, oh, but they're unkillable. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, like, isn't it sort of like, well, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what is the point of this movie? It ends on a real downer. And I... Well, no, because Jesse starts to take the fight... Into his own claws. That's he's true. he's a claw monster now. Because uh -huh. of the power of love. <laughs> yes. And actually, I, th I think like the sequel, Beyond Skyline, sort of puts a damper on this. But the animated <laughs> credit sequence shows Jesse punching various aliens in his alien suit. And like yeah. <laughs> looking like he's actually taking the fight back to him. So, oh, that is a thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what... Oh, unfortunately, Beyond Skyline doesn't have a a sweet uh, tagline. It doesn't mm. seem to, anyways. <laughs> Fuck, the tagline for Skyline is don't look up, <laughs> which doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. Because yeah. it's don't look at the blue lights. The blue lights that come down from the aliens are what hypnotize people and get them outside to be raptured. Like, literally, one of Beyond Skyline's uh, heroes is a blind person named Sarge. <laughs> yeah. And he's impervious to these aliens because he can't see. Which implies that this should just be, like, bird box, right? Basically, yeah. Like, why isn't everyone just... Well, I don't know. Because you can close your eyes, sure, but they're still gonna get you because they're very <laughs> That's true. competent. Yeah, they're hunter-killers. Uh, and they go everywhere. Fuck. Uh. Like, it's really tough to be a human in this movie. <laughs> yes. Like, you you nuke the things and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think we see two characters who end up surviving. And that's Jesse in a way. And then his girlfriend. <laughs> Everyone else eats it at some point. And I mean, you have to figure 
even like even if his he's there protecting his girlfriend, how long is that really gonna last for? Oh no, 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 they're still fucked. Because again, these aliens are unkillable. I think uh, Skylines has a an interesting tagline, right? Oh yeah, to save our world, we must invade theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times. Michaela, is there anything else that you want to talk about with this stupid movie? (laughs) Honestly, I expected to have a terrible time. And I had a mediocre time. Yeah, distinctly mediocre time. By the the middle of the movie is when one of the alien motherships gets nuked. And I was like, I know it's 93 minutes, but that went by like really fast. And then it turns out that's not the end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is really weirdly paced. But other than that, I mean, I wasn't like waiting for it to get... We didn't have to take a break, you know? No. come back to this. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't... I think I would say that none of the acting was terrible. No, Jesse does a great job turks there and he's a lot of fun and like turks good you know angels good yeah and even though the women were given basically nothing to do but be scared (sighs) it was they did a good job of it they did even though yeah it wasn't fair to them (laughs) but it is what it is it is what it is shall we go through our pictures quickly yeah so we're gonna put these up they're uh they're not ones that i took i just found them on the internet but they're i think they're pretty representative of different parts of this movie and then also of the subsequent movies that we did not watch one of which is still yet to potentially come out although honestly i'm pretty sure that beyond skyline did not make very much money Mm, thank goodness it shouldn't (laughs) have none of this should have oh shit oh here's some good trivia oh nice jared leto is a friend of the strauss brothers and that's why there was a 30 second to Mars song in this movie. Yes. Because they got it for cheap. I had read that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit of a 30 second to Mars clip. Yeah. And like they got it at a reduced price. They Obviously they still had to pay royalties and stuff. But yes, he got them a friends and family discount on a famous song. <laughs> Because that was the only recognizable song in the movie by mm-hmm. far. <laughs> yeah. So pictures wise, we've got some aliens attacking LA. Uh, I think the main penthouse that we are mostly in is in the foreground here. I don't know. Uh, we've got the Skyline movie poster. Don't look up, of course. Uh, <laughs> we've got one of the squiddies, the smallest aliens that look very Matrix-esque. We've got Jesse with his eyes and face all fucked up when he's looking at the blue light for the first time. <laughs> Right. Do you want to talk about this Beyond Skylines picture? (laughs) Right. So, I was looking at these pictures, and I found a picture of who I presume is the main character of Beyond Skyline. And he's got this, like, forearm-mounted weapon that sort of goes past his arm and comes to a point as if he's going to be stabbing things with it i think but it's, it's just, just a so blade right close range like it's a knife he's got a yeah a it's basically just a knife. fancy alien knife <laughs> it looks very silly i love it so yeah. much we've got the skylines poster uh and we've got the beyond skyline poster and i think there's yes the last one is the beyond skyline like knockoff dvd cover <laughs> It's got the guy with his forearm knife, a shirtless guy in the background, and then another younger guy in the foreground with two knives with some aliens behind all of them. Oh, man. So according to Wikipedia, the second movie, Beyond Skyline, had a budget of $20 million, so similar to the first one, but it only made about a million (laughs) dollars. 
Oh, there will not be a skyline. The people of 2017 are far more discerning than the people of 2010. Thank goodness. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Apparently, Jared appears in Beyond Skyline, but is not played by Eric Balfour. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, Jesse's character is in there. He's in the bio suit. Tony Black, some guy, but not Eric Because he's an alien. Like, he's in the bio suit now. He... I guess that's true. He's a true. brain that's in an alien true. body. Of course he's not Jesse. <laughs> and they can't get the star power back. They they lost Eric Balfour. They're not getting that back. He was busy on Haven, you know? Mm. That television show that he was a main cast member of. True. Well, Michaela, I think we've talked enough about this. Turns yeah. out neither of us really hated it. There are a bunch of things Strangely. to dislike, <laughs> but like not that much to hate. So there's there's ratings for this all over the place, right? Right. Yes, the reviews. Yeah. So on Google Play, obviously there are people who love this movie, just like just like anything, right? There's always going to be someone who's like this was amazing. Some five-star reviews for you off of the Google Play page. Not a B-movie, good effects. Five stars. (laughs) This was the very first alien movie I saw. I loved it. (laughs) Five stars. (laughs) Which makes me really wonder, like, did they think... Like, they don't think this is part of the alien franchise, I really hope they do. That is exactly how I read that, and I really hope they think it's part of the alien franchise. There's a Forcer review. Really enjoyed it. Both this one and the sequel, because I have not seen alien movies with such a unique theme like these. What theme? What was the theme? There is no theme! It's a disaster movie. Things just continue to go bad. Yeah. Yep. Good times. Michaela, who won this movie? (laughs) The aliens! The aliens did. None of them die. Or the power of love. The power of love is a close second. (laughs) Good times. Oh boy. And Michaela, what are we up to after the grandeur of Skyline? Oh, such silliness. So next week, gentle viewers, listeners, we are going to be starting on our journey of welcome to El Angel. Next week, I will be presenting Angel Seasons 1 through 4 to Dave to try to give him a one-hour snapshot of what happens in four seasons of television. I've got so many questions. I keep seeing things that are, like, vaguely (laughs) Buffy-related. Like, I was reading a trope related to Skyline, and it mentioned Angel and something about Cordelia being touched by Vorlons. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm so intrigued. I, I don't know. I, I see like Buffy dumps on Imager or something and I'm like, oh, I can look through these now and there's a bunch of angel shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, right. It's going to primarily just try to explain like who who people are and what happens to them so that you have some context for their relationships to one another at the beginning of season five. Because honestly, wait. that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. And then like, I will generally tell you what happens in the seasons. Um Earlier on, there's a little bit more fun crossover action. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Angel Season 1 is Buffy Season 4. So we have, like, some full-out crossover episodes. Because that's when Pangs is. When Angel, like, literally comes to Sunnydale. And then after that, there's, like, a full episode where Buffy goes to Angel. Yeah. And some just absurdity happens. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then uh, after we do that, I will have a... (laughs) 50 slide powerpoint i guess 
Now, that will mostly be to give Dave context of like what people look like. Mm. So if you've seen Angel, like you don't need to look at this PowerPoint. If you want to, it's mostly just pictures of people and like it's not that wacky. Well, it's a little wacky. Oh, I'm uh. so looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be good time. And then we'll jump into Angel season five. Yep. Yeah, the following week, I suppose. <laughs> All right. That is good times. I think that's about it from us then for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listeners can always reach out beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. Pictures as they are will be up on Facebook. Watch out next week for a 50 slide PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got it of hand, all right? Like, you know how these things happen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, this this episode might even be up on Reddit. Who knows? Buffy.reddit.com or talk about any of our other episodes there. Oh, man. You know what I just realized? What's that? That the movie Skyline contains a person who's kind of named Angel and is set in L.A. So oh, there's some, there's so some much crossover. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, then, until next time, farewell farewell from from Skyline. Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.